Well, hello, hello. Here we are, Preston and Missy with the Roma Freedom Clinic here to talk to you today about trauma and the many different levels of trauma that there are. But before we begin, I would like to introduce Preston Gifford to you, who I have a special place in my heart for because he is my offspring. Yes. Yes, <laughs> he I is am. my son. I am. The love of my life. <laughs> Tell him what a great mom you have. Yeah, she's great. She's great. There's a gun on, in my hot side right now, but she's great. We're talking about trauma. That's not good. <laughs> okay, anyway. Preston's a bit of a celebrity because he is a famous YouTuber. And you can look Preston up on YouTube at Preston Gifford. I'll be like the first one that pops up on there. It's Preston Gifford yeah. Fitness. Like his mother and father, who are ex professional bodybuilders, Preston, he's better than we are. And is wonderful at making workouts and helping people lose weight, gain weight. And so, anyway, Preston, thank you for coming on the show today. Of course. My pleasure. Big topic, trauma. We all know the big things about trauma. Unfortunately, the things I'm going to have to say, abuse, rape, what are the other things? Those, the big things that we all know that are trauma. But what we are now coming to realize is the little things that are trauma. And it's not negating the big things. It's just, there's little things that are happening every day in our life where we're not getting our emotional needs met. And this is actually causing trauma. Now, you know, when we think of trauma, we think of it's just something that is gets stuffed down in our unconscious. And as long as we don't think about it, it doesn't bother us. But look at what we have found out and it's called implicit memory. And this is why it is so important to listen to what we're talking about today is implicit memory started getting studied in 1980. And what we found from the best minds is that implicit memory is dictating your perception of reality. So how you see the world and yourself, it's dictating your value, your worth, your health and everything about you. So when you have trauma, that has become implicit memory, it's going to block you from achieving things that you want to in life. It blocks you from being able to, to do the lifestyle changes that you want to do. You know, all the things you judge yourself on, like why can't you get up every day and go to the gym? Why can't you drink your water? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? What we're going to talk about today will hopefully relieve you from all the judgment of judging yourself. Because the, the part of you that we're talking about today is the 90% of you. So you're 10% conscious and have control of things, but it's the other 90% that is actually ruling and dictating your life, your choices, your value, your health, and everything about you. So what Preston and I want to talk about today are the little things that actually cause trauma. And the little things are when you don't get your emotional needs met. So what does that mean? Because what I'm going to talk about are things that we've adapted to where we're not getting our emotional needs met and we don't even realize that it's actually hurting us and causing trauma. Because see, these little things add up, right? Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. So the little things, women, I'll speak from women and Preston, maybe you can share a man's side. But for women, you know, we do it a lot. When we go to our husband and maybe we're trying to share something that happened and we go down and we go to talk to our husband and men, what are men? Logical problem fixers. Yeah, it's just problem solver. Yeah. Yes. That's the first solution. That's the first solution. And that's the solution. It is the solution. And that's the last thing that we want to hear. What we want to hear is what we felt. Like, what did that feel like? That must, and you know, we women do that more so for each other, but that's what we're after is when you go through something and you come down and you, you go to talk to your family, what you're after is empathy, understanding like, what did that feel like? That must've been terrible, blah, 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 blah. What we don't want to do is to cover it up with a solution. And that's what we've been doing because that's what we've been taught, right? We wanna get you out of that feeling as fast as we can. We don't want you to feel that way. And that's just one example on how we've stopped our emotions just the little things 
that we do and we turn and walk away. I don't know how many times with my family as wonderful as we are and we communicate really well, but I don't know, I've turned the cheek and walked outside the door and cried or done whatever because my family wasn't responsive or they weren't there because this is new. So we can't beat ourselves up about it, but acknowledging and learning this so that we can learn a whole new language is really going to make a huge difference in your life, in your health, in your perception and everything about you. So I've talked a lot, Preston. Is there anything that you, you would like to share here for a moment? Uh, well, you mentioned yours, you said that yours was more of like from a woman's point of view. Yeah. So for like, I guess um, this isn't how you definitely raised me at all. I mean, you guys raised me to be very feeling and to actually express my emotions. Uh, but for most men, uh, especially in our country, it's kind of like this whole, like, suck it up, you know, like they ingrain that in you in sports primarily, uh, to not be very feeling, you know, and just, yeah, suck it up basically. And so I feel like that's, and that could be something as small as, you know, like growing up, somebody says something mean to you at school. And instead of saying, Hey, like that kind of like hurt my feelings, you know, and asking for an apology or at least trying to have some resolution, you just suck it up. And eventually, you know, hopefully that person won't, but they can become a bully or they can become, you know, passive aggressive or upset. So just those small things that you don't realize what's happening that are ingrained in you from a young age, most people don't realize that. And then when they're older, they're like, why do I have anger issues? Why am I so passive aggressive? Why am I this? And it's like, well, your parents told you to suck it up when that kid at the school threw a rock at you, you know, and there was no resolution. So, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, you, 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 like, you, you don't want to be on the other end of the spectrum, which is where you throw a rock back <laughs> because there is a resolution there. It's not good, though. <laughs> and then the other side is you just don't do anything, which is that one side. So you just hold it in. I mean, we've all thrown a rock back once in a while. It feels pretty good, but most people don't. They just hold it in. So that's kind of like one thing that, that I've realized is that that right there stacks over the years more and more. And then you know, before you know it, you're in a relationship with somebody and, you know, you're they're like, why are you so passive aggressive? Why don't you just tell me how you feel? And it's like, oh, well, I wasn't told that growing up. I was told to just suck it up. Be nice. That's what, yeah, be, yeah, be, be nice. Don't do to you that, don't do to others as they want to do to you. And it's like, well, they're not holding up that side of the bargain, you know, so that don't, you know, that's for a perfect world. <laughs> so really what we're getting at is a whole new world of communication to where we're in safe spaces where we can talk to people and they can acknowledge our emotions as being who we are. So what I was talking about earlier with the practitioners of Aroma Freedom Clinic, which is a wonderful group of women, by the way, what we're, I, we were talking about this and, and what I was trying to get people to understand where we're going is we've always considered ourselves how we look, our hair, how we dress, you know, how much money we make, blah, blah, blah. Now, how many people have gotten to the end of their life, built empires and said, I didn't do what I came for, or I didn't get to experience this. And they were always emotions, whether it was love, joy, whatever. It was always emotions that they regretted. So how are we going to learn to view our emotions as not being some weak thing, but instead being as important is how we look on the outside. What if our emotions are who we are? What if that is how you are to identify me? My emotions are just like now, I'm expressing my emotions. And, and what if that's who I am? So not acknowledging our emotions and the things that we've adapted to when people are mean, when people are rude, when people are all these different things is we just, we've adapted to these things of people being not nice. And it's the same thing as like you walking up to me and going, you know, I don't like your face. I hear that quite a lot on YouTube. <laughs> I get a lot of great. I thought you were like, well, okay. It's like, well, it's not going away, so you better really like it. It ain't going away. Whatever. And so it's kind of like that though, but people are stepping on our toes left and right. Look, we can't change everybody, but what we can do is acknowledge what it's doing to us. So this is how it works. And this is science, scientifically proven. So when we go through any type of trauma, so I'm talking the big stuff or even the little teeny things, what happens is if you don't get to express and talk it through with somebody you trust where you can process all of those emotions. 
what happens when we sleep at night? I'm not going to tell you, you know, like the medulla and the, all these different things, but basically in layman terms, what happens when you sleep at night is the events of your day are supposed to go through the brain and process and file, literally just like a computer. So on a normal day where nothing really happens in your life, you're probably not going to remember that day 30 years from now, but it's filed in a computer. When you have any type of trauma, I'm talking any type of trauma, even the smallest piece of trauma, it goes to process through your brain and file and it cannot. So it circles back around, goes into your medulla, and then it becomes implicit memory. That's when feeling becomes a thought and you don't even know it. You don't know it anymore. It's embedded in there, but guess what? What is creating our reality really is our brain. The chemicals in our brain that are firing are what is creating everything. These little pieces of trauma and the big pieces of trauma are constantly firing chemicals. So even though you don't, you're not thinking it anymore, you think it's just gone away, whatever, you forgot about it because you're in the 10% of your consciousness and that 90% down below is spewing out these chemicals in your brain and that is what is creating your reality, your health, your worth and what you see in life. So don't you think that's kind of important? Yeah, it's, a, it's basically <laughs> everything. It's, well, you know, we didn't know, you know, you get older and you think that I don't know, you start giving up on your dreams or you start, you know, maybe you haven't found love or you've been divorced a couple of times and I don't know, but you, you start giving up is what you see people doing and then they just stop living. And here's the reason why. So let's, let's go through an implicit memory scenario, Preston. Yeah. All right. So let's say loss of a family member. That could be a that would be that would be a traumatic event and how do you think that implicit memory is going to affect you in your day-to-day life uh you probably have issues of letting go of things because you know you lost somebody that you cared about and you didn't want them to go so you might have an issue like with say say you have a friend who you really care about but they're kind of abusive in a way or like say like a person that you're dating or you know any kind of relationship if that person is any way toxic to you you'll probably still hold on to them highlight there's a high likelihood that you might cling to them because you lost a person and you didn't get depressed that's a beautiful example that that could could be one you know and no that's a beautiful example because you see implicit memory isn't doesn't work the way you think i mean i talked to a client of mine who in the, who's um, had her heart broke several times in relationships. And this is how implicit memory works. So she was going into Trader Joe's and she said the last several times when she's been in Trader Joe's, there's been, as she said, a hot guy looking at her and actually works his way around to be right next to her, right? But guess what's going through her head the whole time? He probably thinks I'm a shoplifter. He's probably one of those spotters in the store. I gotta get out of here, I'm freaking out. Implicit memory has been triggered and it's protecting her because being in love was like putting your hand on a hot stove. It kept hurting her. So the implicit memory comes through. So it's not like it's gonna come through and go, you've been hurt so many times, don't do this anymore. What it's gonna do is do what it was doing to her. And the only reason why she brought it up to me is because she saw a cycle of it happening several times. You're a shoplifter, which is so bizarre because that's not something she would ever do, but it was enough that it made her think, oh my gosh, that's why he's around me because he thinks I'm shoplifting, blah, 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 blah. And then she would leave the store because it did trigger all that trauma. And that was it. Well, it's just like fear. It's like, you know, when you're, when you're standing next next to a ledge and you have fear of heights, you, you, you don't hear in your you know brain, um, hey, don't jump off the ledge. You just feel this feeling of get the hell away from the ledge. Like it's just this innate feeling of fear. So it's a survival mechanism. It's, you know, it's, it's not going to just come out of nowhere and you know tell you, hey, buddy, maybe you should walk up from that ledge. You know, It's just going to come through as a feeling. It's going to use whatever it can to get you away from that ledge. 
So no, you're absolutely right. And the best scenario is to talk about you put your hand on a stove, a hot stove. Either your mom or dad yells, "Don't!" don't. Okay, um, it's traumatic. That's a traumatic event, and it's been set up in our fight or flight mechanism, fight, flight, fight, or freeze as a survival. That's what, how, what it was created was for survival. So putting your hand on a hot stove is going to hurt you. So don't do it, right? So a traumatic memory is stored. You don't have to give a thought to putting your hand on the hot stove. And you might remember the trauma for a little while after that, but soon it just gets embedded in your memory and you don't even think about it anymore. Well, then you adapt to the stress. And then that has repercussions because it's the same thing as like a college student during finals week, you know, they get super, super stressed out. I remember in my psych class, they talked about how generally after uh, finals week, a lot of people get sick. It was like, it's always like winter break. Like I remember there's a whole study about it. Like a lot of kids were coming home for Christmas and they were all sick and it happens on the regular, probably not as much this year because everybody's just under stress because of the pandemic and everything. But during a normal school year, generally when people would get sick was around winter break going into uh, spring and then they'd all kind of feel better and then summer would come and we'd all be okay and everyone would be good but i remember the yeah just from the natural stress of everything uh, your body doesn't know the difference of being chased by a bear or having a deadline for a class it's just going to give you the same sensation and then after that when your body's uh after that's when all the sickness comes because when your body's in that fight or flight response it can't do its mandatory functions like immune system and fighting off viruses. And so that's why I like, if you've ever been like scared shitless, it's because, and like, say like you have to like, say you have to use the restroom when you get scared, you're not thinking about having to go to the bathroom, you know, like if you've ever had that happen before where like, you're like, Oh my God, you know, like you're trying to go to the bathroom and then ah, you're not thinking about it anymore. Right. So it's, it's like, it literally turns off all functions are like turned off during that state. And um, that's why, you know, you'll see kids not eat at all or, 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 or uh, sleep when they're trying to get that deadline done because they're so stressed out, right? And it's that fight or flight response. So, yeah, I mean, that's something that I wanted to elaborate on with you is that, like, after that comes all the repercussions, <clears throat> though. So all the times that you weren't fighting any, like, sicknesses or anything, it all just catches up to you. And we didn't even realize that. <clears throat> no, no. And so, and so the same thing goes with implicit memory is when those things are, you know, stacking and stacking, eventually your body adapts to that. And so not to like freak anybody out, but it's like, oh my gosh, how many years of stress adaptation have I had for when I finally clear all this stress out? You know, I don't want to freak anybody out. It's like, you're going to get super sick when you clear all your stress, but <laughs> you will have a feeling of like, you've been carrying a really heavy backpack for a while. I, I've experienced that after you let go of a bunch of stress, you're kind of like, ugh. You know, no, exactly. You almost feel like, I mean, I've almost felt worse sometimes when I let go of the stress because when you are stressed, you're actually, you know, amped and you're in that energy. You know what I mean? But when you let go of it, you're just exhausted. Exactly. So Preston, maybe we could share some things about Aroma Freedom Clinic and the things that we do that is the only process that we know of that was created by a genius way ahead of his time, uh, Dr. Ben Perkis which is Aroma Freedom Technique. And um, it's a schooling that all of us have to go through to get our practitioner's license. Yeah. But it's, it will release implicit memory. And this is wonderful because in one session, let's just give an example. So Preston is a major YouTuber, but he's been working on YouTube since he was in the sixth grade. That was when the idea came through, yeah, it was video games. <laughs> Yeah, he had a channel called Gaming with Hope, which was really cool because he would play with um, the younger kids and they'd be distracted playing the games and they'd share a lot of their problems with him and he would help them. So Preston's always been a, a natural uh, coach, shall we say. But anyway, through this process, um, you know, Preston would post videos and he wouldn't get the response he wanted. And I, I got to be honest, it was really tough in the beginning because of all the haters out there. There was a lot of mean things said to him constantly over and over again. And you think, oh, you've got to build up thick skin. But honestly, all this stuff is trauma because somebody is 
like I said, saying, I don't like your face. You know, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, everything. So over time, what we found was President wasn't so excited to do his YouTube. He wasn't, he, you know, he'd set, remember I told you, I want to get up every day and work out. How come I don't? Well, Preston wanted time to be able to uh, record and edit three videos a week. And it just wasn't, he wasn't doing it. And he kept beating himself up and beating himself up. Like, have I lost my drive? It's the hot stove scenario. He'd been hurt so many times and all those little things had built up in there that every time he had the thought in the inspiration to do it. But when it came down to doing it, that 90% popped up and wasn't going to let him. And, and what was it doing to him? Draining him. He was exhausted because all that trauma is in there and it's active and he tapped into it. And so we finally sat down and did an aroma freedom technique that we use. And we were able to peel the onion and go through several layers and release all that. And in one 45 minute session after that, Preston has gone from having under 10,000 subscribers, which are people that subscribe to your channel. And that's how, what YouTubers want to how many today? Uh, 18,300 as of today. So after doing that session, Preston live stream or does his YouTube, I don't know, two, three times a week. He's happy. He's got over 8,000 more viewers since we did that process. So remember, I told you it's affecting your perception and it's affecting what you can bring in, what can come to you. We did the same thing with his father. This is one of the best stories because it was so huge also. And so was that. Because Preston, how many views are you getting a day? How many people are watching your videos a day now? Uh, now we average 50,000 views a day. And one of my videos that I posted two weeks ago is about to hit 100,000. And then the one after that uh, is getting 10,000 views a day. So it's just one video. So yeah, it's at 40,000 in four days. So that's about 10,000 a day. Yeah. And compared to how you felt before we did the AFT session and how you feel now? Yeah, I mean, it's just light years ahead. I mean, it's just like I, I, I like... I like my job and I enjoy it and I like I like posting videos, but there was just like this weird block in there that I couldn't explain that you just you couldn't push through, you know, or you could have, but I, I did and I was miserable and I got tired of being miserable, you know. So eventually you want to figure out why am I not enjoying this thing that's like awesome and what that I've always wanted. So yeah, I feel a lot better. Well, it makes you miserable because you're so heavy. And then what I really want to get across here is judgment from going through suicide judgment of yourself is a horrible thing and the one thing that we really hope to get across to you today is you judge what you don't understand to try and take control of a situation and that is the honest truth so preston began to judge preston what's wrong with me yeah. And I'm sure there were a lot of other things that went through his head. Have I lost my drive? Is it over? Am I lazy? Am I this? Am I just not motivated? Am I? Well, da, yeah, da, da, for, for me, I more so thought about like the physical things. So like are, are, are my hormones out of whack? I, I've been, I changed my diet. Is it my sleep? I haven't been sleeping. Is it, uh, you know, this new, this uh, new supplement powder, you know, like pre-workout uh, pre I'm taking, you know, like, what is it? Like, I know I'm looking at more of like the physical things. And so that was what freaked me out, you know, and then of course, you know, we went to the doctor and got blood work and all that kind of fine, but you know, <laughs> you freaked out about that kind of stuff. But of course that was after the AFT. So at that point I was like, I don't even care. I knew it was the AFT, you know, like I knew that I just needed to let out some old, old uh, energy in there. So, so do you mind do, um, if we share another? Or, you know, I can share one too. Um, I can share another one personally. I, I can share one yeah, about it. So uh, just about hanging out with people and just needing it, not, you know, that one that we cleared. I can share it. So basically there was a point where uh, the YouTube was one of the things that was bothering me. And then another implicit memory was 
when we first moved here, um, not really wanting to like engage with uh, people as a whole, um, mainly with like not wanting to go on dates with any girls, which was a very weird feeling for me. I've never been, never had any issues like, you know, wanting to talk to a girl or anything, but it's also influencing just wanting to just talk to people as a whole and just engaging and socializing with people. So um, what we found was that there was implicit memory in there uh, and it really was affecting me. And not only was there stuff for relationships, which I've already kind of touched on that before, the one thing that I want to touch on was just engaging with people because they're very similar. So being in a relationship, you know, that, you know, uh, having that end and the implicit stuff that stores about, you know, like, why should you even try again? Well, that can go right in line with also growing up. I lost a lot of friends who also turned on me. So it's like, why would you want to try again? So that was two things that were tied together. And so that was one of the things that we had to clear for me because I've never been antisocial or not wanted to socialize people told me to just stop talking before this one here because I just run my mouth nonstop and I'll just call people and be, even though she was the same way when she was my age. Uh, either way, you know, like grandma would unplug the phone on you, but either way, <laughs> either way, I literally- phone was my lifeline, okay? Yeah, so I'm just like that. So it was weird for me to not want to like socialize with anybody, um, you know, especially if like a cute girl's looking at you and I was like, that's not, that's not me, you know? I mean, I, what, what is it that you were feeling though? And that, so, so what, what it was just this feeling was just this anxiety feeling. Like I, I just wanted want to engage. I, I could, and I could make myself, but the whole time, I mean, there was one time I said my name was Michael because my name might mean, that's my middle name. And I literally didn't say my name because I knew if I said it, it I would have stuttered. I would have like put, 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 pressed it. I knew I would have done wow. that. And that's wow. embarrassing for me. And, uh, I don't know why, but that was like a fear of me. So I said, instead of saying Preston and stuttering, I said Michael, and it was easier to say. And that's when I knew what the hell's going on. Like something's wrong. This is not me. Like I'm not like this. Like come on now. Like I, you know, we. I I, I worked at a gym before the pandemic for personal training, you know, and I was up front talking to people, selling training like nonstop, talking fast, talking. So I'm like, what's what's going on? So. Yeah, I went to her, we, we, we had the AFT session, we were able to go in there and we realized that not only was there a big, big demon in there that was tied to a relationship that I had prior, the one that was influencing this uh, was just old stuff with just, you know, leaving, leaving, moving to a new state and uh, feeling like, well, I already made all these friends there and now we moved here, so what's the point? You know, like why even why? You know, what's the point? And that's because I've been hurt in the past, so why should I make new ones, right? obviously you've heard that because now we're now well, we're let's, <clears throat> let's talk about that what i really want to talk about here so preston as he said he would get so he would have anxiety he used yeah. the words anxiety which i've never never i never felt that before i, I just didn't never like to label things like that because that gives it you know it makes it kind of real but eventually you reach a point where you're like, no, this is actually anxiety. Like I got to experience like what it really was like. And it's just this, it's like, a, the only thing I, I can describe is with an audible thing. It's like a ringing, but through your whole body. It's hard to explain. It just feels like a vibration. Well, that's what I call it. I, that's what I call anxiety. Audible would be ringing and then like a physical thing would be a vibration. Well, I think the biggest thing that I want to get across here right here and now is I think what freaks us out the most is we don't know why we're feeling the way we're feeling. We don't know why. So hopefully what I want you to understand is so when Preston was presented with an opportunity that had hurt him before in the past, like putting your hand on the hot stove, he was trying to put his hand on the hot stove again and all that pain and anxiety, because that's what happens with feelings when they get stored inside of us. If you can imagine a receptor in your brain that's alive and it's just because it's a memory that just keeps playing over and over and over and over. And just like anything, the more energy it gets, what do you think? The bigger it gets. And because it's a negative energy, something has to feed it. And that's our energy that's feeding it. So imagine. Preston's walking up to talk to a girl. It's hit him, fight, flight, or freeze. He's feeling all that stuff. It's unconscious because of the past. 
So he's probably in his head going, as he's feeling the anxiety in his own head, he's thinking, what the heck? He's a very social person, blah, 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 blah. And when the person asks him his name, he says, Michael. He can't even remember his name. Well, the thing is, is that you do, but you can't say it. That was the thing that I did know my name. I just couldn't say it because of the anxiety. It was even worse. And one thing to keep in mind is it's like, you can power through it. Like I said, my name was Michael and it was a great, it was a great conversation, but it was terrible during it. it. It didn't feel good. And so the thing is like, you can power through implicit memory and do, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, suck it up, go right through life. You can do that, but that's more damaging because that's just putting your hand on the hot stove and just letting it burn. Well, or you can just turn the stove off and then put your hand on it. It's a lot easier but you're told to just, you know, no pain, no gain, power through it, you know, if I torture myself more, then I'll be better, you know, because growth is painful, and it's like, what are you, a sociopath, like, what the heck, man, like, wh who, why, that's a great life to live, yeah, I love that, it's like, we're not in the military, so why are we going to treat ourselves like that, like, that, let's let our soldiers fight those battles for us, come on now, you know, so it's like, why, why are we going to do that? Have, have that mental warfare on ourselves when it's like, it's not necessary. Just turn the stove off and you're good to go. <laughs> AFT. Just turn the stove off. Like, why do you have to, it's like, don't, don't do that to yourself. Well, you know, I think people don't know. And that's the biggest thing. Well, that that's I, what, yeah. yeah you, is you, to you make joke about aware. it and, you know, be, mm -hmm. be humorous about it. But like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, it's the way people are raised. It's, it's literally just how they're raised. They're just ingrained from being younger. You know, the second that you trip and fall, oh, come on, get up, you're fine. Don't be a baby, don't cry, that didn't yeah, hurt. Like, it's like you stubbed your toe. Oh no, you just stubbed your toe. It's like, if you've stubbed your toe for the first time, that shit hurts. Like, it's like a anything new, especially pain, is a lot more than stubbing your toe for like the 100th time. No cussing. <laughs> Shite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, you know, like you stub yourself for the first time and you're like, ow, this really hurts. And then especially as a, as, as a kid and somebody's like, I don't care, like you're fine. Cause you know, they're an adult. They've done it a million times. Like, no, you're, you're not giving them the empathy that they need. So. That's great, Preston. I think one of the things that helped me the most when I went through depression for the third time was this wonderful uh, psychotherapist, uh, psychiatrist that I found that was able to give me answers unlike anybody else. When I went through depression again, I just remember him looking at me and going, it's clinical textbook depression. And he said it like five times. And the reason why he was saying that and trying to ingrain it so much in the other part of me, that 90%, was because a lot of our fear comes from lack of knowledge and what we don't understand, we judge. And so you get this anxiety like he's talking about and you don't know where it's coming from. What do you think happens then? Fear. It gets huge. Just a firefly response. Yep. Because it's like you're falling off a cliff and you can't stop. You're, or you're like a deer in the headlight. What's going on? What's you happening? judge everything. Exactly. And when there's no one around and, and you're just sitting there, who's there to judge? The only thing is yourself. Because your body's just trying to give it some kind of logical reason. So it's like, oh, maybe... Maybe, I mean, and, and it can go as crazy as, oh, maybe, maybe it's the shoes I'm wearing. I didn't get any sleep last night. Well, actually, was I able to sleep last night? Was it the breakfast I ate today? Was it the coffee that I drank? Oh my God, I'm drinking too much coffee. Oh my God, now I got to cut coffee. And before you know it, you're literally pulling off your fingernails because they look weird. Like, you, you go nuts. You go insane, believe me. Well, <laughs> thank you, Preston. I didn't pull fingernails off, though. That was just... No. And share a couple that are quick with me. Um, 2007, I ran a multi-million dollar business. Uh, everything crashed. We lost everything, everything, all the way down to selling my wedding ring, blah, 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 blah. So I had a ton of implicit memory, huh? lots of things, but I was right into fight or flight, had a child, had a family. I didn't, I got myself up off the ground and I moved tell. forward. I mean, just being the child there, you couldn't even tell that she was having any internal struggles because when you're surviving, you don't feel anything. You're just like, you're good. I mean, she was still compassionate. She was still a mother, but there wasn't any, uh, any moments that I was ever like, oh, wow, like this is going to come back. And, you know, obviously I was young, so I was able to kind of see through a different veil, but I was also very close to my parents to see like, they did not show that. And that's what I mean. Like people just get caught up living and su or surviving. And then once you're able to thrive, that's when it all comes back and gets you. And thriving is not surviving. Surviving is basic needs. Thriving is when you're able to actually focus on like mental, spiritual, 
and aspects of the physical that and the emotional yeah and then the emotional that the surviving really is just physical and maybe some emotions but like the simple ones like happy angry sad you know not like depressed or that's anxiety well no it was some of the <laughs> happiest times of my life number one i was a type a personality i went into deep meditation which is that's very my being top. type a it's so easy to just power through <laughs> and that's what i'm talking about always happy what are you talking about i'm always happy <laughs> And so I thought I was really, really happy. I really did, um, mainly because of the chemicals being released in my brain from all the meditation. I would meditate like eight hours a day. So, but anyway, um, several times I attempted to restart a business, attempted, 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 and it just failed, failed, failed. I tried to teach meditation, all this stuff. Long story short, um, finally doing enough AFT, um, really realizing, you know, why I was trying to leave this life and the trauma in my own brain that fired, but that's a whole different topic we'll talk about. And, but I had Aroma Freedom Clinic come through to me and I'm very passionate about sharing with people um, the things like we are today. But every time I would pick up my computer, I'd be so jazzed and we moved to Texas. And I knew that when we moved to Texas, that's where I was supposed to open up what they were gonna be called then, the trauma centers. And, but every time I pick up my computer, I would immediately be filled with depression. And I would slam my computer top down and then here would come the judgment. Have I gotten lazy? Have I gotten complacent? Before you knew it, Missy had a chemical imbalance in her brain. I started to spiral into depression because I kept picking up my computer and not paying attention that it was all implicit memory until I sat down and had somebody do a session on me and go back, of course, to all the trauma I went through. And it actually took about 10 sessions. And then the depression lifted. And here we are today. Within eight, it's, it hasn't even been eight weeks since I met with the first group of practitioners. We're almost hitting our eight week anniversary. But that's how fast things started moving once I let go of what I didn't even realize, because like Preston said, I just powered through it. I got up off the ground, it knocked me down, something told me to get up, and I got up and I never looked back and I kept going. And I thought because of all the meditation I did, I was fine until I broke my neck. And then all the trauma yeah. exploded. <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely do it to you. Yeah, that'll do it. You know, there's another story that's a really good one that we could share about how we got to Texas. <laughs> yeah, with that. <laughs> yes. So um, when I first started, uh, when I was in school, getting my practitioner's license, I've been a health and fitness coach my entire life, like 40 years. So I picked up on um, the techniques really fast. And anyway, so I got decided to do, you guys are so sweet in the chat with all those hearts and all this stuff. We just love you. Just love you. Anyway, so don't you see him? I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I decided to do a, a group session on my family. So when you do a group session with AFT, um, people write down the questions that they ask. And one of the great things about AFT is there's just uh, four questions that we ask you. So you don't have to go deep into your trauma or whatever it is we're working through. So like I said, I had five people in the room and they were writing down when I would ask them these questions. And I didn't know what they were writing, but I believe we did uh, AFT, which is what is a situation in your life um, that is bothering you right now? Or I could have done a boost, which is a place you want to go in life, but you don't think it's possible. Or I could have done a TMRT, which I'm not sure, which is about going to the past. So whatever it is I did, um, you take people through a process. And by the time we're done, you do go into the anxiety. We, we do go in to that transmitter in the brain, but we have a special, special tool that I'm not gonna tell you, it's a secret, that calms everything down and releases it. We literally biohack and it releases all the anxiety and all of that. And we asked you questions 
to grade things to make sure that it is truly gone. And it is gone. And when you're done with the session, I mean, admit you have more blood flow, your, your skin looks better, everything about you, you're full of energy. Well, little did I know, I didn't know what my husband worked on. I didn't know what my son worked on. I didn't know anything. All One thing I did know is that for three years, my husband kept getting passed over for promotions and he was the number one salesperson in this company that he works for. That's a fortune 500 company, number one salesperson. And he kept getting passed over for promotion, kept getting passed over for promotions. And he was getting very frustrated and it, it was hurt. It, I'm sure it hurt him. Like when he was seeing other people, you know, get promoted and not him. They knew that we wanted to get into the sun because since my next surgery, living in Oregon, the dark weather, it wasn't working well with me. I could really feel the difference in the weather. So for three years, right? Three years, my husband suffered. And we did that on a Sunday. And I am not kidding. This is what I'm telling you. It's creating your perception. On Tuesday, my husband came downstairs and said that he got a promotion, a raise, and they were paying for everything for us to move to Texas. You know, I used to want to call it, when I first learned about this stuff, you just want to just, you want everybody to know, you want to just like scream it to the world, but they think you're crazy. They think you're crazy because you literally have to feel it to understand it. And if you talk about the law of attraction, you talk about a lot of different things, things that don't vibrate with us cannot come to us. So, but what people don't understand and they judge themselves is they think it's just the 10% of your consciousness that you're dealing with. No, it's that 90. Oh my gosh. How many people have tried to, you know, do the law of attraction or follow the secret and, you know, they see other people manifesting and they're not, and they judge themselves and they don't understand why isn't it working for me? What's wrong with me? Um, I must not be smart enough. I must not be this. I must not be that all these different things. And that's the biggest message we want you to know is number one, we can extract implicit memory quickly and fast, and you will feel amazing after, and it will change everything about you. Your perception of yourself, your perception of reality, your health, everything. And I do mean everything. And what I hear people say that I work with, some people are like, you would think, why are they so happy? You know, they're 200 pounds overweight. They're on 15 different medications. And in one session, things happened that shouldn't have happened, meaning they were told would never happen again. Um, and now all of a sudden they can breathe all the way through their lungs. And now all of a sudden, after doing a couple sessions, I hear I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And it makes sense when you think about you're releasing all that baggage that you're carrying that you've adapted to and you don't even realize you're carrying it around anymore. But as I stated earlier, that's why when we get older, we begin to give up and we get heavy. You see people just sitting on the couch watching TV or, or drinking every night or medicating themselves or something. And they don't realize why, but somewhere along the line, they gave up but they're still listening to the judgments in their mind. And that's what breaks my heart. And we hope that we were able to get it across to some of you today to let you know that it's not you. You were made beautiful. It's just this evolution that is part of our evolution that we're understanding that there's so much more to us. But the most amazing thing is that as we're discovering this, we also have a way to heal it. Once we were able to do the clearing for myself on my YouTube channel and everything, then came another set of challenges was, okay, so for so long, I wanted to have a, a fan base. I you know, wanted to have the recognition that I knew that I deserved, um, which, you know, that's okay to say. That's one thing also people feel like, you know, there's this is big argument right now, especially people around my age and it's entitlement and feeling like you deserve something is, I feel like is, um, 
I, I say that instead of entitlement because uh, I put in, you know, four years and still wasn't getting what I deserved, and, you know, or like I felt like I, you know, needed. And so um, at that point, I feel like it's not a negative view as when somebody says, oh, I'm entitled to this, you know. So I felt like I deserved more and uh, I finally got it and it was just really good feeling. But the issue then that came was uh, being able to rationalize and realize like, hey, this is actually happening and you have a channel and you're getting thousands of views and you're making money off of it now weekly and you need to basically, I, I kept hearing you, you're, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough. And the reason why is because I, when we did our AFT session, there was a part of me that uh, didn't, like, I just could not even like realize that it was actually happening. And that's a big thing that um, I think people need to be aware of is that when you do an AFT session and you clear all that, that's great. But then another set of challenges, which I didn't know was going to be there is that once you finally get what you want, actually being happy with finally having it because you've been fighting so much to get it that when you finally get it, you're like, Oh, okay. I don't know what to do now. And then comes more anxiety, more judgment, more whatever. Why don't you know how to do it? Blah, 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 you know? So it's just, it's just a whole nother set of challenges. And so after the first AST session just was just to clear getting me to do it once I was doing it, then being comfortable doing that thing. And so the affirmation was, you know, something along the lines of basically like my snowball has momentum, right? Which is, that's what I was doing the AFT session first to get is to get the momentum. Now that I have it is in being able to rationalize, okay, I have the momentum, but I am also enjoying the ride. And that was the big part of the affirmation is to enjoy the ride, which I was talking to my mother about, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm very successful now on this app and I'm doing really well but it doesn't feel the way it's supposed to. Like, I thought I'd be like fulfilled. I thought, you know, you know, you finally get what you want. You know, like you get that car, you get that job, you get that. I have this number on a screen now that I've been fighting for for years and I'm still not happy what's wrong. And then I realized, oh, oh, <laughs> we need to AFT that because I can't feel what I'm doing. And that made me aware that there was a block in there <clears throat> and it was that little 16 year old Preston in there that's like, hey, you know, once I get this, I'm, I'll be happy. Also, I'll, I'll, I'll be successful and all that. So, yeah, no, that's that's what was going on there. It was just the idea that basically I just needed to uh, make a new affirmation, and uh, you know, just a, a, as a heads up, you know, you can do an affirmation and then clear the implicit memory, and then you should be set. Or sometimes there's a little bit of extra cleanup that you have to do, and that's just that last little bit of like, okay, you finally make it where you're trying to get, and then there might be some implicit memory about that because you've never done it before. So Preston, that's really good. And Merritt uh, is one of our practitioners brought up something and thank you, Merritt. I'd like to kind of tell a little tiny story to touch on what Preston is talking about and what Merritt is also brought up. This is what I'm talking about where we judge what we don't understand. And so hopefully you can follow along here, but um, my fam, my husband, got us into the sun because that was really important to me. But it was also for my son too and for my husband. But this is the way things work. So it's Christmas time. We moved to Texas in August and I go downstairs and I am feeling really sad and all these things all of a sudden. So something's triggered my implicit memory, which I did not know that at the time. Maybe it was the smell of the tree, I don't know. But I decided to come upstairs and go into my office. And I sat here for a minute. And remember, I'm feeling all these things. So let's just stop and go, first there was feeling, all these feelings. Then I didn't know what I was feeling because it was so big inside of me. So I judged it and I turned around and said, this is my fault. I moved my family here. That's why we don't have any family here. Blah, 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 blah. Then I stopped and I did an AFT session and I went all the way back to being a child and realizing that I can't remember one of my Christmases growing up, not one. And I went into some other stuff that's very personal and I released it. And then I went downstairs and had a great time with my family. 
So that's what I'm talking about. That's where most people keep it is, oh my gosh, look what I did. I moved my family here and now we're not having the big family dinners we normally do. And it's all my fault, blah, blah, blah. If I, you know, blah, 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 blah. Wasn't that at all. Something about, you know, how smell can trigger nice thoughts. Smell can also trigger uh, memory. And when we get triggered, we start talking really, really fast or we shut down and we go into a depression. So as merit so wonderfully pulled out is our brain is wired to keep us safe and the unknown is not considered safe. That was the unknown. I was feeling the unknown. So we tend to self-sabotage. And that's why being able to biohack is so important. Thank you, Merit. It absolutely is. Because I was able to come upstairs because I knew logically that my husband was ecstatic to get out of the rainy Pacific Northwest himself. I was ecstatic to get my son out of there because I'm from California. And so I knew all that. But when that dark cloud of implicit memory, it's like you're on one transmitter in the brain that tunnel vision comes in and starts to close in on you and the feelings are so horrible. And if you don't understand that it's implicit memory, you will judge yourself because you'll take control. You have to, you can't stay raw. And so thank you for listening. There's one other thing I wanted to bring up that I learned the other day with Preston. And that was, <clears throat> he needed to go get his car inspected. And it's a very simple procedure here in Texas. You just, you know, you go and hand them your keys. They yeah. tell you what you need and that's it. And, yeah, it, no problem. No problem. But Preston woke up and he was feeling all this anxiety around him. I had no idea what it was until I realized, until I was like, well, let's go through your day and let's just like go through the list. What do you have to do? Well, you gotta go to the gym, you know, you gotta record videos, you gotta edit, you gotta reply to comments, you gotta post on the Instagram, you know, do all the social media stuff. I'm like, cool, cool. And then, it was, and then, and then you're going to go get your car inspected. And I was like, what? You got my car inspected. And then came the anxiety and then came the self-judgment and then came that. And I was like, hold on a second, like slow down. I'm like, what if I don't get my car inspected? Oh, then, then the day is great. Then my whole entire view, the whole entire day has changed. Then it's happy, go lucky. Everything's great. But the second I have that car inspected, terrible. I can't see past it. Everything feels terrible. I just want to sit. I don't want to do anything. I feel drained. And then that's when I went to her and I was like, yo, um, I think there's something going on here. <laughs> but I was in it and I was able to like get myself out of it. And that of course just comes with uh, practice and being able to, you know, doing now I think almost 10 AIT sessions about to close to double digits, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so. So that's a good thing to understand because normally it was just a corn Yeah, you would go logically, you'd be thinking, you know, Preston, it's not a big deal. I'm an introvert just, now. What the hell's going on? Yeah, <laughs> you're just going to get your car inspected. But because of all the AFT and everything that we've learned and uncovered now, you realize that getting your car inspected is triggering something in you that's greater. Yeah, so greater. let's take care of that. Yeah. Instead of forcing you, which you could, to go yeah, get you your could, car inspected. You do it, yeah. And your anxiety is just going to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But why not? take that and use it because it's actually instead of it's changing our perception everyone it's really changing our perception okay, so use it as a, an, an opportunity because especially with something so finite and so simple as going getting your car inspected where you literally walk in say hi me for inspection swipe your car hand the keys sit down wait 10 minutes and you're gone yeah. you, you use it on something as least important as that than say like a car accident or a unpaid bill or something where you can't take time to breathe. You have to just act and, and you have to shove that stuff down. So use it on something like this where you have control, you know, and it's, it's a control chaos, which is basically what I appreciate. Well, you know, it's, it's control chaos, you know, that's what training is. You know, you're taking that and you're controlling it and having a good output. Do that with this instead of just waiting until- Well, you just brought up something that's really important. So had you made yourself do it, Preston, you were in total anxiety. And I know that was it, well, well, or maybe not, maybe it would have gotten bigger could have been, yeah. and you would have went into tunnel vision and, yeah, and then you could have gotten to a car wreck or any, yeah. who knows what would happen yeah. because when implicit memory, if it's big enough, when it comes over and takes you over, meaning when you get into the memory and it's part of your reality today, which is what all of us are living 
We're living our implicit memory. It's here. It's just when's it going to be triggered? Yeah, I mean, you 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 hear that a lot with um with you know if, if there's any uh what is it like like an outlash of somebody and then you know like 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 they snap out of it and they're like what were you doing you know whether they're physically uh you know verbally or whatever abusive in some way there's always like a film that goes over somebody you know and it's you know it's either instinctual or it's an implicit thing you know and when it's the implicit and it's not just like a self-protective kind of veil when it's implicit it's like you snap them out of it you know and they're like whoa what's what's going on and it's like well you were just attacking somebody because you were in that old memory you know so that's exactly what you're kind of going mm -hmm. off of there is that it can literally take you over and so yes like you're saying it could have evolved into something bigger and then you know you're in it and you're not present you're not you're there you're in an implicit memory so yeah that's what they say when people get into wrecks you're in tunnel vision exactly which technique did you use we used uh tmrt so yeah because you have tunnel vision you're stuck in the past yeah, and you're, you're reacting the, the trauma, your, your body wants to heal. It constantly wants to heal. So you're stuck in the past and your body's trying to heal. A lot of people, unfortunately, have to go through it. This had a really cool analogy come through. What's that? Uh, I'm going to cut you off. But, oh, but so, you did. I did cut you off. Right, <laughs> you do it a lot. Rightfully so, because you're going to love this. <laughs> oh, really? I love this. The reason why your body, uh, emotions and everything, it's this is going to be a pretty cool thing that just came through. So basically, um, we all know that like if you get chicken pox, right, you only get it once. Why? Because your DNA holds on to a strand of it, that way it can fight it, right? Same thing goes with uh, Epstein-Barr virus. All, all these viruses, they never go away because your body will, it, it kills it and then it saves a DNA copy of it in your DNA chain. That way, next time it comes around, hopefully you don't have any side effects, but your body is, you know, viral shedding and all that is a very big part of it. I, I nerded out for a little bit and learned all about viruses. With that said, the big thing there is that your body creates a DNA copy. It stays with you forever. So if you have chicken pox, it's there forever. Well, I personally have seen a bit of a correlation um, with emotions and how it stays with you forever over and over and over. You know, she was saying how the body's trying to heal, right? It's trying to heal over and over. Well, if you keep hurting yourself and everything, it just saves that implicit memory, that DNA copy, hence from the viral right thing, would just be the hot stove so it's very similar with emotions, you know, just like when it comes to a virus in DNA, your body does the same thing. It saves that memory and repeats it over and over because that's its defense. I think that's, I that's, like it. That's, a, pre that's precedent three in the morning when he can't sleep and his brain's just, <laughs> he's just reading a bunch of random stuff. Uh, Heather has pointed out, which is true. Heather's a, uh, another one of our wonderful practitioners. Heather brought up something, yes, the body knows even though we may not be conscious of it. And true. that is true. Like I said, we're only 10% conscious. Nobody really listens when I say that. 10%. Really kind of, really kind of bust the bubble of being a know-it-all if you're only 10% conscious. I mean, what's the point? I know 10% of everything. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Imagine if you're not a know-it-all. What do you know? Like 0.5%? <laughs> it's like, wow. All right. Always be humble. <laughs> All right. Or I'll tear you down. <laughs> Me and my 18K followers will come for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. AFT sessions, you can go to aromafreedomclinic.com. You can send me a private message. Maybe you don't need to do a session with me, but with one of my practitioners. Anyway, hit me up, send me a message, and... Um, I'll give you a little taste of it. So maybe next time I'll be able to talk Preston into going through a session live. I don't really have a choice. So yeah, she's just being polite on camera, but once this is off, it'll be do the session. Stop posting. I don't talk like that. That's how you be like, do the session. Okay. Come on, moms. Do they all over exaggerate things when they get older? <laughs> Don't they? You're welcome, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to. Everything's over exaggerated. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, she took a knife and chased me across the room. Was I was talking to him when I had a butter knife in my hand. Actually, it was a plastic. That, it was a plastic. And that turned into. Out. It was like a little plastic knife. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know. My implicit memory is that it was a machete. Just for the record, 
because I came from, you know, the generation where I was raised by primates that, you know, used to beat us. This child has never <laughs> experienced a, you tell? a spanking or anything. <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah. The only reason I act like this, I know I'm safe for now. Sometimes I think I should have done it the other way. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, this just, you know, she just give you a little shove. And for her, oh. for her, a little shove is like, it's like the Hulk. You're like, whoa. <laughs> you know, she's like, I just gave you a little love tap. And I'm like, across the room. Yeah. <laughs> love tap. They're laughing at you. I fly across the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she needs to do. And then I'm just like, okay. Then I'll do the dishes. No, seriously, when they were younger, his sister and him, used to tell me we would rather have you beat us than raise your voice that's not a human voice <laughs> your voice is very powerful it's not human it's like it's like a, it's like a titan it's like it's like a freaking titan literally ever seen like it's she's like yeah it's like uh i can't even i don't even it's just like a god who's just like commanding yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> I'd be trying to like drown and drown my sister, and she'd be trying to like stab me, and she's just like, you and we're just like, <laughs> like look at each other, like, I'm so sorry. And you, she's like, I know you're not sorry. And I'm like, I know we're trying not to die. Titan walked in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But that's the thing is that it was just her voice though, so it was just like attention. Like, <laughs> I'll stop. Wow. That wasn't the military. That's exactly what it was. It was just an implicit memory. Just a little, 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 little bit of seepage there. A little bit of seepage. Seepage. Implicit memory seeping out there. Just <laughs> Can we go? <laughs> Our time is up. We've got to leave. Oh my gosh. Okay. You famous YouTuber, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. We've really enjoyed you. Till next Friday, three o'clock, DM me, set up a session. And uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Drink a lot of water. No judgment. Know that there's something greater going on. And we will see you soon. All right? Yep. All right. Bye for now, you guys.